Good morning. You're listening to FloridaLady.net, and I'm Kim Parr. Today I have two distinguished guests. I have John Weisenbaker with Weisenbaker Builder Services, and I have Andy Hogan with the FBI Group. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Doing great, Kim. Thanks for being with us and talking to our listeners. I want to kind of get a read on what's going on in the builder market. First, so just a little background. John, you're no stranger to the markets. You're down there in Texas, which may not be a, a normal read because Texas is kind of its own economy. You're a major dealer. As a matter of fact, in our top 100 dealer rankings in November, we had you at number 19 with about $250 million in flooring sales. You're much bigger than that because you do more than flooring. And most everybody knows the FEI Group is the organization that got started as Floor Expo. Much bigger now, an organization that works with the dealers that are focused in the builder and multifamily business. Let's start. Why don't you give us a read on the current demand right now? John, I can go aggregate it real quick. And then, John, you can talk about Texas. Kemp, home prices are too high. Interest rates are too high. Interest rates a year ago were at 3%. Now they're at 7.5%, give or take. And I think they're going to add another 50 basis points this week, which affects demand. Demand is way down. And another key indicator is the existing home sales are way, way down. October was down 29% year over year. But another key indicator that influences our thinking going into 2023 is land acquisition. Land development is way down. So That's what we see right now. Homes are very expensive, especially in the uh, entry-level part of the market. And we're hoping that after we go through this cleansing of 2023 with these high interest rates, hopefully in 2024, we can get back to some sort of rebound. John, what do you see? I think we're tracking pretty close, Andy. Right now, we've seen design center appointments drop in the last half of this year. They're off by as much as 50%, and that is Houston, Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio. So in other words, new homes that we're doing the decorating, selecting for, those are off 50%. We've not seen that big of a reduction in our volume yet because we're still dealing with the extended pipeline of houses being finished. We're seeing that 50% reduction. We're hoping that doesn't hold up, but that's where we are now. And just a little bit more background, uh, you have four design studios in Texas, and that's where you help the builder by meeting with the consumer and helping them select the finishes. And then after they're selected, you actually have contractors that work for you that install the product, right? Yes, sir. We go all the way from the selection process all the way through to the installation process. We help the consumer select not only the flooring products, but also all of the finished products for the house. So it could be lighting, cabinets, countertops, plumbing fixtures, you name it. I should mention that the NAHB Wells Fargo does a housing market index. You know, it's a scale of zero to 100. And it was 84 a year ago, and it's 33 right now. So that's just a a key indicator to show that the market is extremely soft. So this soft market, what does that do for the consumers as far as the type of finishes they're picking? Well, from our perspective, we've seen it put pressure on those upgrades. So we want to sell upgrades. We want to sell upgraded product. We want the consumer to be happy in their home. So we educate them about their home so that they can pick the best possible product. But because what Andy talked about, which was the affordability, you're spending $30,000 to buy down your interest rate. That's $30,000 less you have to spend on home furnishing. So we've seen that put significant pressure on upgrades. Uh, You talked about a backlog. We've heard on a national basis there may be as many as 800,000 homes that are still in the pipeline, that they're under construction. I guess the forecast for 23 is is that those will run through and 
the market might even get softer, correct? I think we're looking okay in Q1, although we're starting to see some softness in various markets. There were some what we what is referred to as overheated markets. They're already seeing a major downturn on installs. Installs are starting to catch up with them. They're, in other words, the pipeline business has been caught up in certain markets. Vegas is starting to get hurt pretty quick. Boise and maybe a Salt Lake. They're getting hit earlier uh, on the pipeline running out than other markets. Another thing that's happening right now with the downturn in this inventory, it's at the higher prices from four, six, eight months ago. And what, what's happening, Kemp, is the builders are asking for concessions and discounts and it's putting a lot of pressure on the flooring dealers to maintain their profitability. But John's right. Upgrades are going to be key. And house business with a small to medium-sized builder is going to be key. But with these concessions and discounts, it's causing some value engineering here and there, especially on an entry level. What is the cheapest goods if it is a spec home that can be put in? And so hopefully the builder can see in order for him to differentiate his product in the marketplace that he'll put some better goods in there. That could be a better answer for him to maintain his EBITDA and profitability. So the builders, as they see this coming, it's forcing them to pull back, right, on the starts? Kemp, in Texas, we've seen a couple different strategies. I think largely the market has pulled back, so they've reduced the amount of specs that they're doing. A couple of the big nationals, I think Dior Horton and Lennar, are opposite sides of that coin. I believe Dior Horton has pulled back and Lennar has decided to be aggressive and put product on the ground. But with the builders having to compete for sales now that they didn't have to before, it's an interesting thing because there's less money in the available discretionary funds that the consumer has. But at the same time, if the builders are competing for sales, they're more than likely going to put more money into the home. So they could very well They want to value engineer that spec, but at the same time, they want to make it look as good as possible because before, it didn't matter what that spec looked like. They were going to sell it anyway. Now, they're having to make that spec look better than the spec across the street. So there's a bunch of cross currents that are going on, and it's just a complete shift from what we were seeing 18 months ago. Interesting. John, what are you telling your people about what the outlook is for 23? That just going to have to hunker down a little bit and get through this and most of us know that it has all been artificially induced by Jerome Powell and the increase in interest rates. And there's a good chance that, I mean, we know there's demand for housing out there. It's just a matter of getting through this short-term obstacle, right? What we're doing, you know, we finished our budget process for 23. We believe that, like Andy said, we're probably through the end of Q1 before we finish getting through the backlog that's out there. So let's say mid-Q2. And then actually, we've got our year of 23 inverted. We're strong at the beginning of the year, and we're tailing off through the end of the year. What we're hoping for is that this kind of breaks loose, and the fact that we've got low housing inventories, and to your point, Kemp, there's demand, that people will realize that 6 or 7% interest rates not bad interest rates, and they just start buying houses again. That's what we're hoping for. We've got enough of a backlog to get us sort of through Q1 and into Q2. And we're hoping that that because of the tight inventory and the demand that's out there, we start putting some new buyers in the pipeline in the middle of this next year. So one more comment on, on types of finishes. You know, carpet is obviously an affordable type product. You get to more carpet sales and a little bit less solid hardwood sales in, in a market like this. Yeah. Kemp, it varies by market. For instance, in the state of Florida, it's mainly hard surface. That is 
going to maintain there in that state. Uh, Texas is mainly a hard surface state as well. I think north of the Mason-Dixon line, carpet could grow share during this downturn. We're hopeful for that uh, because it is warmer and that does make a difference up there. I would say that in the specs in Texas, with the, especially in the lower end of the market with the two-story homes, we will see carpet being used extensively in the upstairs versus now where you've seen penetration of that piece by hard surface upstairs. I think they'll pull back on that, especially on the specs. The consumer in Texas wants hard surface, but carpet's just such an affordable product. You're probably going to see a little bit of share gain there. Andy, I know you'd had a recent meeting in Marco Island and you had all your group together and I'm sure you were talking to them about this dip in 23. What was the advice? What's the best strategy for your members to get through this period and survive on the other side? Some of the takeaways that the members had were we want to find the operational leaks within your organization and some of them refer to it as being nickel and dimed to death. You want to find those nickel and dime losses, find them and correct them, you know, evaluate your inventory carrying costs. Some of these are fundamental, but it's time to exercise these best practices yet again. I think with sourcing getting caught up, hopefully by Q1, Q2 of next year, that we can get more into just-in-time inventory. While on the other side of that, there's a lot of members that'll buy in bulk to get those savings because manufacturers are that they're going to be slow next year as well. So I think that pendulum swing will go back from manufacturers who had the sourcing issues back to the flooring dealer or the flooring contractor to where bulk buys can come into play. That's a few of my comments on that. Yeah, I think Andy's right. Number one is we've all been moving so fast. We've developed leaks in the boat operational inefficiencies that we got to clean up. That's that's job number one. And we we started that in earnest this year, but still setting records. It's always hard to build a plane while you're flying. We're getting back to basics. And those basics are how do we take cost out of the system? So the builders are asking for lower prices and we're having to lower prices. And so what we are doing is value engineering our entire supply chain, all the way from labor to how we interface with the builder, how the install is done, all the way back through the sourcing. It used to be a cut order for this builder, moving that builder into full truckload products so that we can reduce the cost of transportation, as well as reduce the cost for our suppliers not having to make so many SKUs. So for us, it's been about reducing SKUs, increasing the supply chain velocity and the flow through, and then operationally looking for how do we streamline and make it more efficient for the installer and everybody else? Okay, guys. Well, I appreciate you spending time with our listeners and giving us an update on what's going on in this builder market. Again, I've been talking to John Weisenbaker and Andy Hogan with the FEI Group, and you've been listening to Kempar and FloridaLA.net.